Welcome back to Three Sports Rankers. It's season three, episode three, and I am Callum, and I'm in the judges' seats today. So Sam and Rob will be going up against each other. This week's topic is greatest female sports people, and after the first two weeks of the season, it's only fitting that I can't pick up points because I only have one after the first two weeks. Rob has six, Sam has five, so it's a battle between the two of them to see who will gain supremacy in the first three weeks of this series. Uh, Guys, how did you find the research for this week's topic? Do you know what? I found it tougher than I thought I was going to. And I think a lot of that comes down to the fact it was such a broad topic and you were comparing a lot of incredible women over a lot of different eras. And it was very hard to sort of say, well, this this athlete's better than this athlete because the, the difference in eras, the difference in quality of opponent was just so sort of vast and tough to compare i don't know how you found it rob yeah so many candidates had to set myself some scotland parameters to uh whittle it down i had to go for kind of modern sports people uh, in the kind of professional era just because i found it too difficult personally to start comparing back in the kind of early 20th century when the sport wasn't kind of professionalized and you know, men and women competing over multiple sports, going to Olympics and competing in, you know, all sorts of events. And although it's so, so impressive on paper, um, I found it really difficult to compare even between my bronze, silver and gold. So I've kept it relatively modern, but I'm hoping that with the right justification, it'll, uh, it'll stand up to the test. Excellent. Well, I was hoping that the two of you would have a little bit of trouble trying to pick things out and hopefully you won't have many similar names on the podium either so i will have three straight decisions to make come the end of the episode at the end of the episode we'll also be revealing my home topic as you will for the next episode which the other two are a little bit apprehensive about because neither of them know what it's going to be or indeed who i'm going to be going up against but for now we're going to get on with episode three female sports people and we're going to start with sam's bronze pick Okay, so my bronze pick, actually a little bit of help from a listener, this one. John Spinks sent us the name of this person a long time ago, back in season one, when we were talking about best individual sports people. It was someone we didn't mention. It was something I have to admit, someone I knew very little about. BBC um, and Sports. And it's Heather McKay. Um, and I don't know if you guys remember remember reading or hearing about Heather from, from when, uh, when we were sent her name by John. But Heather McKay is basically the best female squash player of all time and widely considered the greatest Australian uh, sports female of all time. So she completely dominated squash in the 1960s and the 1970s. And when I say completely dominated, I mean literally lost two matches in that span. One was in 1960, one was in 1962, both incredibly early in her career. Um, this is in a period of time before there was a World Championships. The tournament that was considered the World Championships was the British Open. Uh, she won that 16 times consecutively in that period. And in finals, she dropped a grand total of zero sets. Uh, then they introduced the World Championships at the end of the 1970s. She won that in 1976, which was the first one. 1979, which was the second one. But not just that, she also represented Australia at field hockey as well. 
um, and she was an elite racquetball player uh, and racquetball in particular, she moved to America and she actually ended up competing largely, well, almost entirely against men and used to win a lot of competitions beating men. She was the amateur champion one year. Um, and I just, I mean, as someone who plays squash myself and I watch quite a lot of squash, knowing how physically demanding it is in this, as a sport, to have been able to dominate a sport for 20 years, for two decades, at, at that higher level, I just think is a ridic ridiculous feat. And to sort of put it into to modern comparisons, the, fem the current female world number one, Renine El-Walili, actually retired last week at the age of uh, 31 because, it, it, you know, it's, it's such a physically demanding sport and, and players just don't play for the, for the lengths of time that Heather McKay did. So Heather McKay is my, uh, my bronze medal choice. Some some pretty uh, pretty gaudy numbers in there, Sam. Some impressive feats from Heather McKay, and not a surprise that we've got a racket sport player in there from Sam. But Rob, what have you got to go up say, against? Strong strong racket representation from Sam already. I feel like there um, may be another one on its way as well, but we're gonna yeah, we'll wait that. for that one to come. Uh, bronze was the toughest one for me to decide upon. My bronze pick is Simone Biles. She is the greatest gymnast of all time already. 25 world championship gold medals is the most ever, even at her age. 32 medals in all uh, across all championships. And the closest behind her on all the all-time list only has 20. So, so to see what she's achieved at her age, she's still going at 22 years old, which is quite old for a gymnast. As we know, most <laughs> gymnasts tend to retire at about 18, which is still baffling, isn't it? But it goes to show the impact and the stresses it has on the body. Um, and it was when I was reading about, you know, I, I'll be the first to admit that gymnastics is not my forte, uh, but she has really transformed the sport. And we mentioned this earlier on in the series about sports people. I think it was kind of Steph Curry, wasn't it, Callum? We were talking about changing the way that basketball is is played and defenses shape up well i was reading about up about gymnastics and actually the world board has had to change the way they score routines because of simone biles and what she can do and um i also didn't know this but when you introduce and you create a move or an element in a world championships and it officially scores they name it after the gymnast that does it and she has got seven of those different elements to her name, uh, which is just ridiculous when probably most gymnasts won't even have one. Um, and then comes arguably the most interesting aspect of this whole discussion, which I obviously am aware of the, the Larry Nasser situation uh, in US gymnastics, which is obviously horrendous and what those young women went through. I can't even comprehend how they can come through and be such top level athletes after that. But I know we're concentrating on what they're doing in their field, in their sport as such. But actually, when you have greatest ever chats, there's often caveats, isn't there? There's often discussions about who they go up against, maybe eras, um, when they're competing. And actually, all of these things kind of get pushed to one side with Simone Biles because she's competed through a period where in China they've had state-run, state-organised gymnastic attempts and to create some of the best athletes they've ever had, and they still can't come close to Simone Biles, and state-sponsored doping in Russia. And these are two countries who historically produce some of the most impressive and high-performing gymnasts in the world. They're the dominant forces. 
along with the US in the sport of gymnastics. And Simone Biles has held them all off on her, you know, rampage towards becoming the greatest gymnast of all time. As I said, she's still going at 22 years old. Most gymnasts winded up at about 18, 19 years old. And to show, as I mentioned, the incredible fortitude to come back from what she has done. There was even a story at the last World Championships, I think, maybe or maybe it was two years ago, where she had to have like an operation. Sam, maybe you're aware of this. She had to have an operation like mid-tournament. I think it was to remove like a, a gallstone or something. Yeah, I va- and, vaguely remember this, yeah. And it happened like the day before the final day of the championships and she had surgery and they just patched her up and she got out, back out there and won another gold medal. And it's just ridiculous how someone can be so far and beyond the best in their sport. And obviously we're going to have a lot of this as we go through our picks. There's, there's comparisons with, with um, Heather McKay, but I just think Simone Biles is incredible and a real modern superstar in the world of gymnastics and i think we're very privileged to be seeing her compete in this kind of current period yeah i mean not yeah. just a, a superstar in modern gymnastics just a superstar of, of modern sport really um i had she was one that i considered and consider you know really really considered and probably would have been fourth or fifth on my list i think the reason i probably didn't pick her is simply because <laughs> simply because i know this this might sound a bit daft a bit misguided I just I don't think she's she's done yet. Like I don't think she's sort of at the end of her career. I think she's still got another Olympics, another few World Championships. If we recorded this podcast in eighteen months, two years, I'd probably have Biles at gold. But I think for me, I'm still excited to see how much further she can go in her career. I think all of my picks, I, I picked either people who I've got a whole careers worth of work, or is at the very very end. So that's probably the only reason that 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 Biles didn't make it. But she, I mean, she is incredible yeah. on every. I mean, I, I suppose even if if Simone Biles stopped tomorrow, I think I'd still have her. Yeah, certainly. I think the one thing that I would say about Simone Biles as well is that she's managed to sort of transcend a relatively small sport as well. She's so recognisable around the world that and coming from gymnastics that's you know that's a really remarkable feat to be able to be you know as recognizable as she is so she you know she's definitely definitely worthy of your third place and I'm waiting to see just who you've got ahead of her because if if she's your bronze then your, your silver and gold must be just, remarkable sports people pick up on that actually it's interesting that we've both picked a minority sport well you know quote unquote minority sport there you have got two athletes there who have completely dominated. I think that American nature of, you know, Americans love an athlete to transcend their sport, don't they? And and really push through and, and break boundaries. I wonder if the infrastructure is quite there for a sport like squash. I don't know, but... They're two athletes who, within their sport, during the, the time that they were playing or competing, if you say, name a gymnast, name a squash player... They are the first person that comes to mind for 90, 95% of the world's population that, you know, could answer the question, um, which is, like I say, incredible that, that they can just transcend the sport in that way and, and reach so many fans, so many people around the world who, quite frankly, probably don't really care about gymnastics and don't really care about squash the majority of the time. Right, we'll move away from this uh, third place loving and we'll go to silver positions now. Um, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back to Rob. Rob, who's your silver medalist? This is the only athlete who I've never seen compete, just kind of before our era. 
Jackie Joyner Kersey, the track and field athlete considered by many to be the greatest female athlete ever, specializing in the heptathlon and the long jump. Over four Olympic games, she took home three gold medals, one silver and two bronze medals in the two events. Now you'll see quite a lot of athletes, you know, who maybe bridge two or three Olympic games and, and pick up a couple of medals along the way. But I think the standout cause for Jordan Kersey is the two events having dominated and specialized in two events like that and shown such consistency over 16 years, four Olympic games, I find like a, a level above anything else I was really considering in terms of Olympic athletes here. And she was the first participant to score more than 7,000 points in the heptathlon bettering the previous record by 202 points and when she broke that record it was such a massive like glass ceiling for like heptathletes in general and I saw a quote which seemed very appropriate to what we're going through at the moment I suppose and what we touched on obviously with um, episode one and American Trailblazers but she you know maybe sadly I suppose said um, after one of her Olympic gold medals we live in a world where Sport has the potential to bridge the gap between racism, sexism, and discrimination. And she is a huge advocate and battles against all three of those things now. I think she's on the IAAF Council and she's kind of moving up into trying to change sport at a higher level at the moment. Sports Illustrated named her the greatest athlete of the 20th century. I certainly wouldn't uh, fight too hard against that one. I think she's an absolutely incredible athlete who, you know, when, when Callum set the parameters out for what they did purely in their sports. I think her achievements are so pure and so bulletproof. And actually she went on to prove what was possible for uh, women and for women of African-American descent. And she has smashed through these, you know, limitations that, you know, society placed upon people uh, like her. And she's now changing the sport for the better, like up in that higher upper echelons at board level and things. And I just think, you know, what an incredible woman, what an incredible athlete. And even, like I said, even if we're just considering it as what she did on the track, on the field, it's mind blowing. If a British athlete were to pick up that hall of medals across four Olympic games, my God, there'd be statues in every town and city across the land. <laughs> I mean, British heptathletes uh, have nearly done that if you merge Denise Lewis, Jessica yeah, no, right. and Katerina Johnson-Thompson together. Um, you know, I'm so glad that you picked Joyner Kersey because it makes for such an interesting uh, debate with my silver pick because every, every sort of article I was reading uh, about sport before our lifetimes was comparing two people at the top, sort of head and shoulders above everyone else, which was Joyner Kersey and my silver pick, which was Babe Didrikson Zaharias. Um, you mentioned, yeah, I thought you'd pick her. Yeah, you mentioned the, the Sports Illustrated. I think ESPN had them the other way round, so had Didrikson Zaharias one and Joyner Kersey two. Every sort of list has these two just head and shoulders above everyone else. So, I, I mean, I love this just purely because it gives Callum something to talk about, but I should really now fight uh, Babe Didrikson Zaharias' corner. Um so you've obviously gone for a heptathlete, incredible over lots of fields of athletics, you know, the greatest of all time. Didrikson Zaharias, another all-around female athlete um, who's played across a number of sports. So she also started at the Olympics, 1932, uh, where she won gold medals in the 80-metre hurdles and the javelin, 
and she won a silver in the high jump as well. She came out of the Olympics, uh, started competing in basketball and pool, both at a, a high standard, basketball in particular, she was an All-American. Then decided to take up golf, which is probably the sport that she's most famously known for, purely because she has records that she set then that have never been broken. The main record being she's the only female player to have ever made the cut in a PGA tournament, and she did it on multiple occasions. She was the only woman to even try it for six decades until Annika Sorenstam and Michelle Wee and players like that that we sort of know from the modern game. She was sort of the ultimate golfing celebrity in the 40s and 50s, more than almost uh, any male player at the time. She was sort of universally loved. Everything I read sort of said no one could say a bad word about her. She was loved by fans, loved by players. Also, as, alongside uh, her golf, she also did a little bit of baseball, pitched in a few MLB games, a few exhibition games, one proper game. Um, and she still, to this day, sort of, unofficially holds the record for the first baseball thrown ever by a woman. Um, on the LPGA, the, the Ladies Professional Golf Tour, she won 10 majors, she won a whole heap of other titles as well, widely considered, you know, up there with Annika, Annika Sorenstam, but um, widely considered one of the greatest golfers of all time. And, and her feat of competing against the male players has never, ever been replicated. And I just think to to have, it's, I mean, it's exactly the same as the heptathlon, being so skilled across so many disciplines and so many sports and being able to compete at the highest level. I just, uh, it, it was amazing to read about her. I thought she must have been an incredible inspiration. It, it was incredibly sad when I learned that she uh, she died of, of cancer very young, back in the 1950s. So sort of wasn't able to, like uh, like Joyner Kersey have the impact after her career that she she most certainly would have had on on a number of different sports. But yeah, Babe Didrikson Zahara is my my silver choice. Yeah, that's a really good point as well, Sam. Because I think if it's arguably what cuts a, an athlete like that's legacy a bit short, because they need to be present into the modern era to start to um, inspire and add to their kind of memorable status do you know what i mean otherwise they kind of unfortunately peter off into the kind of the archives um babe didrickson zaharis was massively in contention for me but as i mentioned at the top it was basically if i choose her she has to go top or i omit her altogether and i came to the difficult decision to omit her altogether because as i mentioned at the top i found it really really difficult to compare modern professional sports and athletes of which who I had most in contention with someone like Zaharias who despite being incredible achievements especially and I'm really glad you mentioned it there Sam but still being the only woman to make the cut at men's major I just find her achievements very difficult to put into context in a modern sense because I think sport looked and felt and was so different back then and I think the fact that she could turn her hand to so many different things I think you've got to ask yourself are there as many competitors is the sport being performed at such a high level as it is now which is a shame but I'm really glad you picked her no I said, right. I'm really glad the way this these sort of silver list has, has worked out like I said at the top of uh, my little uh, defense of Babe Didrik and Zaharias because it, it, it makes it really interesting for Callum about what, what yeah, way he, it, he dies it, to go. 
it does make it interesting for me. And more, even more interesting is that I, I genuinely had never heard of Babe Didrix and Zaharis before you mentioned her. I had to go and look her up. And even, you know, with the ability to kind of speak three languages, I absolutely butchered her name. Like, put it into put it into Googling and then Google went, did you mean Babe Didrix and Zaharis? And I was like, yes, that's that's exactly what I meant. Thank you very much. But I, I mean, her her um sort of credentials are mad the fact that she won two golds and a silver at the olympics or whatever it was and then and then went on and that wasn't even her best sport is just incredible so definitely a tough decision for me to make for for the uh two points come the end of the episode but um we're going to move on to the headliners now the gold medalists for each of you Rob's on six points in the series so we'll go back to Rob for his uh, gold pick please. So can I just change things up a little bit here because I, I want to know whether Sam's got the same as me Yep, okay so say, say the same name after three or something like that I, I, think, I think the Presumably. latency of our internet proved that that's mm. not possible last time <laughs> so I'm happy to just announce my uh, gold and you can just say whether it is yours or not Serena Williams it's going to be a Serena Williams loving because I've got Serena Williams as well. There you go. Uh, I knew that'd be tennis, I just, so I just didn't prepare myself for it. I just thought it would probably be better than for me just to do some kind of spiel and then for Sam to go, yep, done. I'll tell you what then, though, Rob. Maybe I, for us to I, do it together. <laughs> I know we've both guaranteed the, the three points already and, and high five for that. But um, I really would like you to do the spiel because Serena Williams has come up on the podcast before. Uh, oh, come I on. picked her. And you were, you know, in the context of that episode, more critical of her. So I'd like you today to be positive about Serena Williams and explain why she was your gold choice. Um, I think this is your slight hangover talking. I'm absolutely fine. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> he says, with his tankard of water. It's not, not my first uh, tankard today. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. Kind of speaks for itself, but let's just run through the numbers because we always seem to at the start. 23 Grand Slam singles, 13 doubles, two mixed doubles, 12 in the last decade. Angelique Kerber's next up on the list. She's only got three this decade. Gold medals in singles, doubles, Olympic Games stood head and shoulders above everybody else for the majority of her career. She kind of had those titanic tussles with Venus in the noughties, rivalry with Sharapova for a while, kind of staggered with with Sharapova's injuries and, and things like that. She's been in a world of her own, really, let's be honest. And, you know, as we mentioned before, she's reshaped the sport. She's reshaped how women's tennis is played and how it's approached. She probably forces most of her competitors into, into submission before they even step on the court with her. And then you consider the longevity, obviously, but then there's three and a half years at world number one. Very, very recent era. We've known a Serena Williams that tends to not compete at all the tournaments and will come into grand slams and... And this is almost what I found most incredible about Serena Williams in recent years is she can come into a Grand Slam without much match practice and actually feel her way into a tournament. And she will not pull up any trees in the first couple of rounds. She might even struggle. Um, but she's starting to really get the afterburners on by about the last 16 quarterfinals. And then by the semi, she's really ready to go. Best serve in the game, most powerful ground strokes in the game. Very few competitors can hang with her from the baseline and she does still kind of get around the court pretty well for someone in her late 30s let's be honest you know she doesn't necessarily always have to but she will break Margaret Court's record I believe so do you Sam? 
It's a tough one. I, I want her to. I really, really want her to I, at least match it if she doesn't break it. But I, I think the coronavirus has probably made it tougher. I think, we, you know, we don't really, the US Open, French Open are going ahead in theory this year. We will see if that actually ends up happening. Um, that for me about Serena Williams that just, just shows her longevity for me and really puts it, just lays it out on the table is the fact that she's the only player, male or female, to have won 10 different Grand Slams in two different decades. I mean, that is just, talk about longevity and, and consistency over a period of, of 20 years. And the fact that you sort of said there, Rob, whenever she comes into a tournament, she can kind of build her way in. Also, any tournament she's entered for the last 15 years, probably a bit longer, she's the favourite. doesn't matter how much build-up she's had. doesn't matter how much prep she's had. She is the favourite in every single tournament. And it tells you everything. I mean, I, 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 was, I wasn't sure if you were going to pick her for goal. I, I had a hunch, but I had sort of prepared a, an alternative argument to last time where I sort of, you know, because I've, I've done all the spiel about Serena Williams before on the podcast and why I think she's so incredible. I'd just written down a list of, you know, modern players that we all know who've listed her as the GOAT. And you've got uh, Maria Sharapova, Novak Djokovic, Simona Hallett, Osaka, Keys, Kerber, Murray, have at some point all described her as the greatest female player of all time. Roger Federer described her as the greatest tennis player of all time, regardless of gender. Can't get much higher praise than from Roger Federer himself. So don't believe me, listen to the pros. That's what I say. Well, yeah, and also worth noting before we move on, there's there's not a great deal more to say, but it is worth, I think, highlighting the issues that she had around her childbirth. You know, she had an emergency C-section as well as blood clots in her lungs, uh, pulmonary embolism, which caused her to rupture those that C-section. And you know, her doctors found a large hematoma and it's horrendous, like awful. Yeah. Awful, 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 awful. And I'm not her biggest fan in terms of her personality, but you have to admire her motivation, her hunger and her bloody mindedness to just keep going and achieve. And she is beating against herself. Although, you know, Sam, I'm sure you found it a bit surprising that all these lists on the internet, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, they they don't have her really at the top. Um, You kind of got to ask why that's the case. Maybe there's slightly more sinister things to it, which is a real shame. But um, yeah, she's she's top of our list, which... It's all that matters, let's yeah. be honest. Forget ESPN, we're the only list uh, that, that really matters in the world of sport. Well, you're the only Over list where time. the competitors get three points for naming her, so that's an easy decision to be made and makes my life even more difficult in this series. So congratulations to both of you for that. One thing I wanted to touch on with Serena Williams is, obviously, you two know that I'm not a, a, a massive tennis follower. There, there's been talk of, like, equal prize money and things like that in tennis. And some people have been saying that, you know, for equal prize money, the women should be made to play five sets in, in the Grand Slams. If it were the case that the females were made to play five sets in Grand Slams, would Serena Williams have literally won every Grand Slam since the dawn of her career, such as her dominance she, she, over three sets? She evolved the physical side support to a level that has never been seen before in the women's game and has has not really been matched by anyone that's come through over the last 20 years you've had some players that have come close but no one has matched her for athleticism for physicality um, and I think you've, you've hit a really good point there Callum I think if it had been five sets I think you're looking at her having somewhere between 25 and 30 grand slams because she she is just an an, an incredible incredible athlete. 
fair play. So not only is she the greatest female sports person of all time, she's also an American trailblazer, tying in nicely to episode one of this series. She's not a great uh, active Premier League player, though. We've got to count that against her. <laughs> probably do a job. Well, <laughs> according to Rob, she'd probably gain ahead in N'Golo Kante. So uh, we'll move on to the... Uh, Move on to the scores for this episode. Uh, obviously, the two of you will be getting three points for Serena Williams in gold, which does you both a massive favour. Takes Rob up to nine points and Sam up to eight points. Um, so a big old gap for me Keeps to you bridge. you on one point, Callum. Yeah, big old gap for me to bridge in the final five, six episodes of the season. But the big decisions are for bronze and silver. And I'm going to start with bronze because it's two players who, or two athletes rather, who just have dominated or did dominate their sport for pretty much the entirety of their careers. Obviously, Heather McKay has the um, sort of completion aspect of, of it where she's completed her career and we know exactly what it was she did and how good she was, whereas Simone Biles is still going and can still win, probably will win, a number of Olympic gold medals when Tokyo comes around and still has world championships to go to and things like that. And I think the reason I'm going to pick Simone Biles as the bronze medalist is the fact that Rob's, as Rob said, you know, you've got China and Russia, two sort of state sponsored programs, you know, maybe not doing everything by the rules um, you know, bending the rules and indeed their gymnasts out of shape. And and still Simone Biles is not just head and shoulders, but a massive distance ahead of everyone else in her field. She's got seven elements named after her. I mean, Rob, just about everything you brought up about Simone Biles solidified the fact that she needs to be on this podium. And like you say, Sam, by the time her career is over, she could well be number one in this topic if we were to do it in another two or three years time once she's hung up her whatever shoes it is you wear for gymnastics uh plimsolls right i was gonna say plimsolls but thing. i'm not sure i think you just do it bare feet. Bare, bare feet a lot of the i'm thinking more kind of primary school primary yeah i'm school thinking PE. primary school as well um quite a large gap between olympic gymnastics and primary school PE. I should probably just interject there. Uh, I certainly wasn't suggesting any foul play uh, from the Chinese point of view. Had an organised, fully by the book system for their gymnasts. They just have pumped a lot of money into it. Less so on Russia. Just, just wanted to make that. Clear. Okay. Well, for, apologies to all of our Still. Chinese gymnastic fans, listeners, um, <laughs> for that faux pas. Um, but silver still needs to be decided. So Rob's currently on four points, Sam on three. Jackie Joyner-Kersey versus Babe Didricks and Zaharias. And it's got to be two points for Babe Didricks and Zaharias. Obviously, Jackie Joyner-Kersey was a, a fantastic athlete, won so many competitions, including Olympics, had a long and storied career, set records in the heptathlon. But Babe Didricks and Zaharias did it did it in multiple sports and did it against men. And I think that is a real testament to how good of an athlete she was, regardless of the fact that I hadn't heard of her. What was it she won uh, Olympic medals for, Sam? Uh, it was the 80-metre hurdles, the javelin, and she got silver in the high jump. So she was almost a heptathlete herself. Well, if, I mean, can you imagine anyone 
yeah meddling in in the hurdles and the javelin at the same event it's i mean rob said smashing everyone smashing everyone at pool in the athlete's village yeah exactly <laughs> and then and then taking on people in like half court as well in the athlete's village it's just it's madness i think rob you made a good point of you know the era that she competed in maybe wasn't as sort of you know, it wasn't as specialised, let's say. But the one thing that hasn't changed in all of those times is golf courses. Golf courses have been the same since, you know, since St Andrews was founded. They, I mean, the, the layout and whatever has, has barely changed. And even in the 1930s, they're all using the same equipment. However far back you go, everyone's roughly shooting more or less the same scores that they were, that they are today. The fact that she made the cut in a PGA Tour event and won 10 LPGA majors as well is just an absolutely magnificent feat and one that, you know, I think more people need to know about Babe Didricks and Saharis as well. So thank you very much to Sam for bringing her to my attention because I didn't know that she even existed before today. So uh, gold, Serena Williams, silver, Babe Didricks and Saharis and bronze, Simone Biles, which means at the end of this episode, the scores are tied at the top on 10. And then, or oh, I'm also there. Uh, fantastic uh, research from the two of you as well for this episode as well. Can I just say, just hearing you read that podium back, that is one hell of a podium. That's got to be up there with one of the strongest podiums we've sort of collectively put together. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I don't know which one you'd put up against it, to be fair. Maybe all-time sports people. Possibly, possibly that one. I guess when you're sort of comparing individual achievements, but just when when you're reading it back, it it's, that's a monster of a podium. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Anyway, ten points to Rob, ten points to Sam. Just the one for me. And we move on next week to my quote unquote home episode. It's not necessarily one that I consider myself an expert in. It's just one that I've wanted to do since we started the podcast, and just we haven't got round to. Um, so I would like to please take on Rob Ugh. in a podcast titled Sports Most Unbreakable Records. Ooh. Okay. Okay. And by by most unbreakable records, I don't mean a record that you literally can no longer break. I don't mean like for the for for a, for an event or a statistic that no longer exists. I I want statistics or events or records that in theory can still be broken but the record holders are just so far ahead that it's like it it makes it almost impossible for those records to be broken how do you I feel really, about that one rob yeah I, I like that you're very chivalrous in uh choosing your home topic as this is the kind of the new element to the podcast this series is something that is you know, as you say, not necessarily specialist. When you said that you were going off against me, I was like, oh, noodles. We've got an NFL or, <laughs> you know, minutiae in American football coming up here. But um, no, you've been relatively kind there, Callum, for someone well, who's I did consider like behind. I, 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 I did consider... Noodles is my favourite sort of PG podcast way of avoiding just well, swearing I don't out have, loud, I don't have a bleep available at home. So I... <laughs> it's very oh. difficult to edit noodles well i mean i i would have gone for like very niche american sport topic but i just don't think the Ameri the the listeners want to want to hear it so i'm just going to go with most unbreakable records um because then at least 
you know, we'll, we'll hear we'll hear something that you know should encompass at least one sport, and we'll yeah. you know, and I think we will have almost entirely separate podiums as well. So Sam should have three decisions to make. I tell you one thing from a host's perspective, I really like that you picked this as a topic is kind of like you said there, if you'd gone for something like flat out NFL, because I know how much of an expert you are and, and, and how much of a, no offense, Rob, non-expert you are in uh, non-expert sort of being kind subconsciously would have marked you harsher Callum and Rob a little bit easier purely because based on your sort of knowledge level coming in. Um, but because this is a very sort of open, very broad topic, I'm definitely going to come into it very sort of all up for grabs. It's 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 very open. I really hope Rob picks the woman that swam from Florida to Cuba again uh, with a little silicon face mask because it's been it's been too serious. I've heard from her. Face mask. Yeah, I'd really quite like her to make a reappearance on the podcast at some point. Well, you've just done a third of my prep for me. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> Right, so that's the uh, that's the topic for next week. Sports most unbreakable records. Rob, get your head in those uh, in those metaphorical books and get looking for unbreakable records. Sam, keep an open mind about it because it's gonna. I think it's gonna be quite a, an open topic, like you say. Um, but that is the end of episode three for series three. Female sports people. Just a reminder: three points to both of them for Serena Williams. Two points to Sam for Babe Didrikson Zaharias. And Rob got the one point for bronze with Simone Biles, which leave the scores at Rob and Sam tied on 10 and me languishing way behind on one point. Don't forget to subscribe to Three Sports Rankers for all of the podcasts to drop into your inbox as soon as they land. Uh, don't forget to communicate with us and let us know who you would have had on your podium on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, wherever it may be at three sports rankers on all of those um, but until next week with sports most unbreakable records we'll see you then oh noodles <laughs> <laughs>